Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast. Remember, you can download any of our shows via iTunes. Just click download and same with Google Play. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast, your home for news, commentary, and insight into Crimson Tide football and recruiting. Here it is, the BamaInsider.com podcast. Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast. My name is Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com. Thanks for joining us. March Madness still in the air as number seven South Carolina took down Florida in the Elite Eight, winning 77 to 70. South Carolina, the number seven seed in the East bracket. Life comes at you fast. On February 7th, Alabama beat South Carolina 90 to 86 in four overtimes. That was the game where Avery Johnson scored 23 points. And then on March 10th, Alabama took down South Carolina 64 to 53. So Alabama has beaten a Final Four team twice this year. Okay? Then on March 11th, in the SEC semifinals, Alabama loses to Kentucky 79-74, another Elite 18. Alabama then loses to Richmond on March 14th, 71-64, ending their season at 19-15. Ugly loss. Meanwhile, South Carolina is seeded as the number 7 seed in the East region of the NCAA tournament, reaches the Final Four, beating Florida, as mentioned, 77-70. Kentucky is seeded as the number 2 team in the South. We're going to stick with South Carolina versus Alabama matchups. Okay, This weekend in baseball, South Carolina comes, or plays, rather, Alabama, and they're number seven in the country. Alabama beats South Carolina 4-2. And then just one day later in the series, Alabama and South Carolina go into 10 innings. Okay, South Carolina is 17-6 on the year. It's a pretty good baseball program. Sticking with more headlines between South Carolina and Alabama, okay? South Carolina comes to Tuscaloosa to play top-ranked Alabama. Alabama's had a phenomenal season. Ranked in the top 10. South Carolina beats Alabama 14-0. It's the worst loss in school history. Alabama would win the series. Sidney Littlejohn picks up the win in game three. 14-0. Against Alabama softball. That's completely unheard of. So a lot of uh, interesting combinations between South Carolina and Alabama. I was writing that down. found that quite interesting. So welcome to the program. My name is Kyle Anderson of BamaInsider.com. Hope you've had a great opening week of spring football practice. Alabama opened up spring camp a little later than some programs, and it's been really nice because um, we got a great opportunity to see Alabama on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Even got some fired-up action from Coach Nick Saban that I'm going to play here in a second. But in case you missed it, Alabama added on one more I guess he's a defensive analyst. Gino Matias-Smith will be a defensive analyst for the 2017 season. Matias-Smith last played for Alabama in 2015 and played with the Washington Redskins as an unsigned free agent as of late. Going back to spring football camp, and I'm going to have Tony Sakalas later on in the program. We're going to talk what we've seen through the last few days from Alabama football. It's been an eye-opener for me, to be honest. I mean, let's be real. I'm an outsider. I'm not from Tuscaloosa. never even been to Alabama previously before moving here. So sitting 
in on Tuesday at the Mount Moore Complex waiting for Coach Nick Saban to come in. I'm not going to say I was nervous. I mean, I've been in this business for a while, but I mean, it's Nick Saban. It's Alabama. This is a big time deal, right? So I'm, let's say, excited. Coach Saban walks in, walks up to the podium. The Coca-Cola bottle is just sitting there, probably scared as the other reporters are. And, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, your, your standard press conference. He's firing off. And then another reporter asks him a question and he goes off. And it was my first time really experiencing a Coach Saban rant. Um, I was right dead smack in the middle. So I think some of his spit might even landed on my computer. It was, uh, I wouldn't say humorous, but it was an experience. And, um, you know, as a reporter, you got to ask those tough questions. And it might not even be a tough question, but you never know when Coach is uh, feeling the heat. But it was great to see him still amped up. And I'm going to play that clip for you right now. This is Coach Saban back on Tuesday. Uh, given how the uh, national championship game transpired with the time of possession deficit, how much was you know returning kind of to that ball control mentality of emphasis, uh, even in hiring uh, Brian as the offensive there, 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 there was nothing... You know, we, we didn't block them. We didn't execute very well. Um, we, we didn't throw the ball accurately when we had open people, and a couple times we dropped it. So uh, I think it was more a lack of execution than it was something schematically that we were doing. Um, and that's on us as coaches. That's not to blame anybody but, you know, us for not having the players, you know, more well prepared. And, um, you know, the defense also needs to get themselves off the field, you know, on third down so that they don't have to play as many plays. So it's a combination of things. But uh, I do think that we could have executed a lot better uh, in that particular game. And I think most players would probably tell you that on both sides of the ball, not to take anything away from Clemson, but um, it is what it is. But as we always do, we're going to self-assess uh, what we did through quality control. Um, what we did well, what we need to improve on, visit people, try to get better at the things we need to do better. And um, But I, I don't, philosophically, we're not, I don't know where you came up with, we're going to go to ball control. That's not what we do. I mean, New England Patriots threw the ball over 60-some percent of the time, which is more than we threw it. So where does that assumption come from? Or do you do what everybody else in the media does, just create some shit and throw it on the wall and see what sticks, which is what I see happening everywhere. And the people who scream the loudest, you know, they kind of get the attention and we pass some rule right, that everybody has to live with that, or some law, and the consequences mess up a lot of other things. Do it all the time. We're doing it right now. The NCAA is doing it. We're going to change the way we can have summer camps. We can't have high school coaches working summer camps. I mean, it's the most ridiculous things that I've ever seen. But it is what it is, and whatever they do, they do. Uh, so we say we don't want third parties dealing with players. Um, so we're not going to let the high school coach bring a guy to camp, but some third-party guy can bring him to camp now. Makes no sense at all. I mean, but all the people who have common sense, they won't say anything about it. But the people who scream the loudest will get the thing changed, and it'll mess everything up. It's the way it goes. The way it goes in the world, politics, it's just the way it goes. Same thing with you. We're going to be more conservative now in ball control offense. Where'd that come from? I never said that. Nobody in this building ever said that. So where'd you come up with that? Just, you know, had a dream about it or what? If we'd have caught some passes in the national championship game, we had guys open, we, we wouldn't have had to control the ball. We'd have scored more touchdowns. 
what I really liked about Coach Saban the first couple days that I've been here, he's he's coaching. I mean, he's not managing. He's coaching. I mean, I've seen him out throwing to his defensive backs and, you know, working with all of his players. And I don't, you know, I, I know every single program is different and some coaches manage, but coaches seems to be very hands-on which has been enjoyable to see. I mean, somebody of that caliber working with his players, I can only imagine what it means to incoming recruits who see that when they do visit Alabama's practices and they get to see that, wow, I'm going to be physically coached by Coach Nick Saban. I think that goes along. We also caught up with defensive lineman Deron Payne entering the 2017 season and his thoughts on emerging as a leader for this year's program. Uh, they want me at like 308, and right now I've been like 313, 312, so I'm trying to get down. What's the, what's, what do they tell you in terms of why you need to make the change? Just the, just the way, just the way the uh, teams are playing now. It's more fast pace and uh, just on the ball, on the ball. So gotta get get ready for that. You play mostly uh, the nose guard, right? You're yeah. Down here, you expect. I mean, there have been times when guys have gone inside out, Jonathan, and other guys. Do you kind of expect that this year? Maybe have a more role like that? I mean, I don't know whatever whatever coach needs me to do, so I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. I can play the three tick, the two eye, or the nose. So. How are you feeling in terms of being a leader? I mean, now you're, you're kind of one of the older guys here. Uh, it's something new because uh, from being being where I came from, I just like to sit back and listen and just learn. But now, like guys come to me asking me for advice and stuff, so it, it's something like a learning curve. Where'd you learn that leadership from? Like, who who'd you who you taking from from last year, maybe? Like all the all the all the guys on the D line that I've played with, like Jaron Reed, Ashawn Robinson, John Dalvin, all those guys. So, a couple things have stood out. A lot of people really gave me some great feedback on my first Alabama Hot Eleven, and what that is is just eleven players that have really stood out to me from Tuesday's practice. And then I'm gonna release my next edition, will be which will be a combination of what I saw from. Thursday's practice and Saturday. Now, Saturday, they were on in the indoor practice field because we had some rain in Tuscaloosa. And the running backs were coming right at us. And I thought, you know, that was pretty exciting just to get to see the Alabama running backs because there's so many of so such high caliber. And they're just right up in your face. And my impression was Damian Harris is obviously the man. I mean, he's the first guy up in reps. And his footwork is incredible. I just think that what he brings to the table, I mean, all these running backs can do, you know, do work and would start at any other university. But Damian Harris honestly really stood out to me. And I think, um, you know, he's, you know, probably the the front runner, I guess, to start. But who knows? I mean, it's it's too far to even project those type of, I guess, projections on who's going to start where. I know we have our guesstimated depth chart on BatmanInsider.com, but it's, it's way too early. I'm just saying... Damian Harris really impressed me. That was my first time really seeing the running backs. Other guys, you know, that have stood out, I mentioned this on the message board, Terrell Shavers, the six foot six freshman wide receiver. I mean, he's phenomenal, as is Jerry Judy, another wide receiver. Um, Deshaun Han on the defensive side of the ball looks incredible and, and kind of the usual suspects. I mean, guys are really starting to, I guess, you know, the cream is really starting to rise. Guys are really starting to stand out to me. And I know I don't know the roster as well as you, but I'm getting there. Um, a guy like Rashawn Evans. I mean, you, you look at these players and you're like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. He's number 32. He, he really stood out today, for example. 
Um, Robert Foster is one guy who's caught my eye as a wide receiver. The wide receivers have really impressed me, to be honest. I, I think a lot of those guys have been crisp coming out of their routes. They they stick, they plant, they catch, they turn up field. And it's great to see Coach Michael Loxley joining the staff. I think he's going to do a great job for Alabama, as is Brian DeBall. I've got to see him working with the quarterbacks, the young quarterback, Tua Tungo Vailoa, who's an early enrollee, as, Mac, as well as Mac Jones. And both of those guys... Um, I mentioned on the message board, I mean, Mac Jones didn't necessarily wow me, but I watched him on Saturday and he, he does have a good delivery, I must say. I think that, he, you know, he's going to take some time to really develop into an SEC quarterback, but I, I do believe that, you know, eventually he's going to get there. And then, um, you know, with Tungo Vailoa, I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he's really established and I really like his attitude and effort. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, one guy who's also impressed me has been Shaheen Carter. He's a guy that really stood out to me on Saturday. And, um, you know, Quinnen Williams, um, another guy that people are really excited about on the defensive line. So those type of guys have stood out to me. In just a second, I'm going to bring on Tony Sakalas. And this is our conversation from this past Saturday after watching Alabama. Um, we watched him three times. So, again, you're listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast. And we're looking for sponsors. So if you're a subscriber who owns a business and you want to get your word out to thousands of readers, contact Kyle at BamaInsider.com. And we can talk. And you can have your banner on our message board. You can even be a sponsor of this particular podcast. So without any more delay, here is Tony Sakalis and I breaking down the team after three practices this past Saturday. Welcome to the program. This is Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com alongside Tony Sakalis. We've had a couple days now to digest Alabama's spring football practice. We've yeah. seen practices on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, how, how are you holding up? You a little tired? Yeah, no, no. It's it's, it's pretty good. We kind of hit it full steam and kind of feels like it's back in the fall. It's not obviously yet, but it, we kind of get that, that football fever kind of running back again. Today, practice number three from Alabama's indoor facility. A um, little bit of weather today in Tuscaloosa, which we don't mind. But um, we got a chance to look at the running backs. Uh, Tony, want to hit on those guys? Yeah, because they moved indoors, we got to see the running backs a little bit better. Um, uh, I wouldn't be concerned about uh, Bo Scarborough's injury. I think he looked really fine. Um, it, the order this in, in this practice was uh, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, Bo Scarborough, um, Najee Harris, Brian Robinson, and then B.J. Emmons. Uh, it's interesting that I, you can't take too much out of that order because there are injuries or whatnot, but it is interesting that they kept somewhat of an order mm-hmm. and that Josh Jacobs was ahead of Bo Scarborough. Take that for what you may. I think it's way too early to take that, but it is worth, I guess, maybe mentioning that, uh, that they did kind of keep somewhat of a rep chart order and... Jacobs looks to be that number two guy as of now. It's way too early, though. I mean, and it's obvious that there's just so much talent in that area of Alabama's team. I mean, there's just, you know, you can go down the list, and every single one of those guys is a top guy from Rivals.com, and they certainly showed it today. And I think what was great about today's practice is they're right in front of you. I mean, as you mentioned, the running backs are right right in front of you, and as you can see from the video, they're coming right at you full steam. So it was great to see the running backs because we really hadn't seen them Tuesday or Thursday. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Burton Burns, the running backs coach, too. It was interesting to see him kind of interact. He, he actually didn't seem too happy with the running backs on the day. I, I remember uh, he kind of got after Brian Robinson and said, you know, it, Brian Robinson didn't go all the way around the cone. He you know, he was tough on him. It's kind of Burton Burns' style, too, so it's, that's nothing out of the ordinary. But at, at one point, he was telling them to focus and to, to keep the, his eyes on on him and keep their eyes on him and uh, he actually turned to some of the audience that was viewing the drill and said you know these guys these guys attention span is this big you know <laughs> it's just kind of it's kind of a funny moment he's a little yeah. bit frustrated i think because he got he's got you know a lot of new running backs on that on that group and so i think he's just kind of working things out there's a lot a lot of fluid motion right now probably in that group moving on to the quarterbacks i mean there's not a quarterback battle i mean we already talked about that um, and it's pretty evident out at practice. Jalen is, you know, going to be the guy. What are your thoughts on the quarterbacks in general? It was like you said. It was interesting to see that, you know, Saban named pretty much named Hurts the starter. You know, he doesn't always do that, but it was always going to be a stretch for it to be a quarterback competition. Anyways, today we didn't really get to see them do too much. They kind of just they dropped back, threw it to each other. It's really hard and hard to judge when they're just dropping back and kind of lobbing the ball yeah, back I mean, to each other. Yeah, I mean, the practices that I've, you know, that we've been to, I really haven't seen them connect with any wide receivers. So people are asking us on the boards how they look. I really haven't seen them connect with wide receivers of you. Yeah, I th- well, I think maybe outdoors. They're kind of far behind in outdoors, and I hadn't really looked at them too closely until today. Uh, normally when they move indoors, you can kind of see up close how they how they match up and, and match with the receivers that you normally have a period where they're kind of throwing. But today they were really working with dropbacks. Um it's hard to tell. Uh, if there's anything I could tell between, you know, I, I kind of liked what I saw from T- Tunga Vailoa. Um, Hurts, obviously, I think it's going to be the guy. Mac Jones looks a little skinny, especially on the legs. And so if he's going to be the backup, if he's going to win that job, maybe even take some reps next season. I mean, he looks like somebody that needs to beef up a little bit this offseason if he's going to start getting hit. Yeah, I think when you look at, you know, their depth chart or their rep chart, I mean, it's clearly Jalen, then um, Tunga Vailoa. And then Mac Jones, and I think that's you could you could probably make that argument. Yeah, Um, it's not so much like an order thing, but it's that if I was looking at it, just eyeball testing it, that's what I would see. Yeah, and from Tungo Valoa, I mean, very established quarterback coming in, and I'm really eager to see what he can do this year because um, you know I just like his intangibles, I like his delivery. He's a left-handed quarterback, and um, I think he brings a lot to the table. Similar size as Jalen, and I think he has some of the same abilities in terms of being a dual threat guy and somebody that can make defenders miss but also keep your eyes down and to make the big play yeah calvin ridley actually had an interesting comment and he kind of maybe told about for a reporter uh when they asked him did they all throw the same and he said well you know one of them's left hand <laughs> right yeah so uh he did say that the ball comes off a little bit differently but it's not that big of a, a judge a adjustment you know it's not something that's gonna matter in the long run i just thought that that was a funny kind of response sure what about um the wide receivers i mean i I've you know really liked what I've seen from this group. I think uh, there's some new names all over the place. Can you hit on some of those guys? Yeah. Uh, well, today we had Calvin Ridley leading the group, followed by Cam. I think it was Cam Sims and then uh, Robert Foster. Um, they all looked solid. Uh, Cam Sims is just tall, and sure. I, he's impressive to me. Just, just he stands out. He's somebody that I think could really make a difference uh, this season. Uh, we I, I got to see. Jerry Judy for the first time really up close and he looked very explosive and quick off off the ball off off the line you mm-hmm. know during some of those kind of like quick off the line drills that they were that they were running uh, Robert looked, Robert Foster to me I mm-hmm. mean just watching him a little bit closer today I thought that 
he's one guy that has moved up on my list. I mean, I have a great respect for his ability on the field and how he gets in and out of cuts and comes back to the football, turns it upfield. I think he's going to be very explosive. And another guy that I mentioned on my Alabama Hot 11 was... Um, Terrell Shavers. Ter- my yeah. goodness. Yeah, I, I Honestly, coming in, I, I was like, okay, Jerry Judy... You know, is a guy for me to really just focus in on, and rightfully so. He's incredible. But, I mean, Tyrell Shavers really just impressed me with his size, physique, and then I looked up. He's a freshman. I mean, he's... Uh, yeah, he's a he's 6'6", too, straight, yeah. out, straight off the bat. So, I mean, yeah, he, he could be a definite mismatch uh, guy. I mean, and he's got some speed. Like you said, he, he looks pretty explosive, so... Yeah, I mean, so much talent at that area. Um, moving to the offensive line, I, I really, you know, I'm still getting accustomed to, you know, names and numbers. Um, we've seen the offensive line. Sometimes you can get a peek at them at some practices. What's your assessment? So on our board, we've had a lot of people say that maybe Alex Leatherwood gained some weight. They were worried. Alex Leatherwood looks pretty fine to me. Uh, the guy's, he, he's a big guy. He's an SEC lineman. Um, he's, he wasn't in the starting lineup today, uh, or the, the first rep, uh, the first group on the rep chart, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that was uh, from left to right, Jonah Williams, Rosh Pierspiker, uh, Bradley Bozeman, Lester Cotton, and Matt Womack. And Matt Womack is actually somebody that has stepped in these last few practices, kind of taken a spot on that first mm-hmm. team line. He's somebody to, look, to watch out for. Um, he's, he's got to tackle his body. And uh, he's kind of one of those guys that wasn't talked about. You know, people were talking about Scott Lashley, Elliot Baker, uh, maybe even Lester Cotton at that right tackle position, uh, Leatherwood. Matt Womack's a serious player and, and, and somebody that could really take that right tackle job. And right now he's looking like that's he's the guy currently right now. Do you feel that after talking to Bradley Bozeman, he's really the centerpiece of this offensive line group? Yeah, and I kind of felt that. I, I mean, mean, not centerpiece pun-wise, but like just, you know, being a... Being he a being he is both the center and, and sure. the centerpiece of the line. I kind of felt that way heading into it. Uh, Jonah Williams might be the most, you know talented and, and the biggest like maybe NFL guy in the future but Bradley Bozeman's the heart of this offensive line he was from a leadership standpoint he was there last year too so he's he's also just stepping in there um I, I think they keep him at center um and that's kind of where the leader on the offensive line plays so that will really be good you hear him talk a lot about uh Ryan Kelly mm-hmm. and you can tell another, another leader former former Alabama center before him, you can tell he modeled so much of his game after Ryan Kelly. And I, I think that the similar personality, similar leadership skills for both players. Switching the defensive side of the football, I mean, it's it's awesome during practice, the viewing period, where we get to see the defensive linemen because they're right up next mm-hmm. to you. Yeah, when they're, they're gigantic. And, I mean, a guy like Deshaun Han, I mean, what's not to be excited about with that entire group. Yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're always huge. I mean, because you got Deron Payne, too, in the middle. And we've been seeing Raekwon Davis out on the edge, and that's the one that always... <laughs> Raekwon Davis definitely slimmed up, but he still looks big. I mean, he has no wasted weight now. He's just a big dude. Six seven, three hundred. I don't know. Pounds? Yeah, I mean, is yeah. That... he's... he's he wears that extremely well. It wears it really well. He's... he's he. He's definitely slimmed down and, and can play more of that edge ro- edge role, and I think that's why he slimmed down. Is I think they see him out on the edge, and he definitely looks like a terror out there. I mean, have Have you got a chance to see uh, Quinnen Williams? I've only seen a little bit of Quinnen Williams. I, I heard he got rave reviews. He's definitely somebody to watch. Uh, same with Isaiah Bugs. Isaiah Bugs, interestingly enough, if you remember when Saban was talking about the defensive line, that was actually the first person he mentioned. That's just 
might mean nothing, but it also might mean something. So um, that's another person to watch, too. Um, Raekwon's been on the team, been practicing more. Mm-hmm. That might be why he's ahead on the rep chart. So it's, it's like, with all these rep chart presumptions right now, it's just basically what we're seeing. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, especially three practices in. It could, it could all be a wash, you know. Yeah, it's just basically practice. And they really right. stress on the fact that there's no depth chart. I know we have a depth chart at batmaninsider.com but i mean in terms of a physical depth chart right now i don't think that exists right it, it i mean they the coaches make the mistake have sure. some kind of idea of what's going on and i it tends to reflect the rep chart yeah. but it's just so early i wouldn't be surprised if next week we come back and there's people that we were saying they were doing great and now they're moved to second sure team. and i think we'll have yeah. you know an organized depth chart going into a day but then after that think about how long till you know practice you, starts and you also got new players coming in, in the yeah, summer absolutely. you never you, you never know some of these true freshmen you know look on the defensive line you got lebrian ray mm-hmm. could definitely come in and shake things up um as a true freshman there's a whole bunch of he's not the only one there's sure. some some you know wide receivers that could really step in and kind of get in that mix as well there, there's a whole bunch of things Moving to the linebackers, uh, what have you seen? I mean, there's some players that we've been really excited to talk about. Can you talk about the, the that position? Yeah, I spent some time looking at that yesterday. I, I didn't see very much of it today uh, just because I was focusing on different things. It was definitely a surprise to see Ben Wilson, uh, I mean, sorry, <laughs> Ben Davis, uh, move to outside linebacker. Everyone's been penciling him as a mm-hmm. mid-inside uh, linebacker. It, you know, that kind of could be a shake-up, too, it, uh, and add some more depth to the outside linebacker. Alabama's trying to replace two spots there, mm-hmm. so um, he might actually have an easier time breaking into the playing time on outside linebacker than he would on inside linebacker. Um, can you talk about, um, sorry to interrupt, but Sean Dion Hamilton, can you kind of give us some background on, on what you've seen from him and, and what you expect from him? Yeah, it's hard to tell much because, you know, he's got that injury and he's been, he's just been in a black jersey kind of rehabbing on the ACL. Um, he's been wearing one of those uh, high uh, elevation training masks. Yeah, it looks like he's wear. about to climb Everest. Or yeah, he looks, like, well, he looks like Bane from, yeah, uh, from Batman <laughs> is what he looks like. Him and Jared Maiden, the, the defensive back. Who's, Maiden's just been on the bike. He's battling back from a hip injury. Uh, SDH is battling off of a... Uh, ACL, um, but uh, he's running gingerly on it, uh, doing a lot of workouts. He's on the field. Those are all encouraging signs. I don't expect him to do much this spring, but I do expect him to be ready by the start of the season. If not, inside uh, kind of looks like currently if you know they have to suit up against Florida State today, it would be uh, Rashawn Evans and uh, Keith Holcomb and maybe some Mac Wilson, but I think you're going to see kind of that Keith Holcomb and Mac Wilson kind of slide down the peg to make, obviously, room for a starter last year in John Deon Hamilton. Any other linebackers that you want to touch on? Uh, Dylan Moses is so physically impressive just as a pure athletic body. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he He's he's great. He, add him to the, the list of just incredibly athletic kids, like, like Raekwon at Alabama just comes in and they're already grown men when they when they step on campus. Um, that being said, he struggled a little bit in some of the coverage drills. As a true freshman, they're still working him out. It's interesting that they see him as a... Uh, um, they're putting him in the inside linebackers instead of the outside linebackers. That was a... Uh, that was a question heading into spring. And so it looks like a lot of people have uh, compared him to um, Ruben Foster. So him being inside, maybe that's the way Alabama sees him as well. So, 
defensive backs. Um, earlier this week, we got to talk to Mika Fitzpatrick, who's moving over to the corner position. Um, your assessment or your take on the secondary? That was a little bit of a surprise to have Minka move to the cornerback position. Um, that being said, it makes sense. Uh, you, you need a lockdown cornerback in the position. Uh, I think they've got two now, and Anthony Averett and Minka Fitzpatrick on either side. They're pretty solid there. Uh, Tony Brown's kind of a, a physical corner that, that can play that star position, just like Minka can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Alabama views that they have more depth at safety. Uh, you look at a guy like Kareem McDonald, which was the only cornerback that they recruited, and well, he's out there with the safeties. So I, I don't really think they recruited a cornerback in this in this year's class that's really going to play cornerback or true cornerback. You might see McDonald eventually go down to that star position, which is more of a safety probably than a cornerback. It, it, it has a lot of safety qualities at that star position. Um well, I mean, just just getting to look at you know some of these players, it's the first time that I've actually seen a lot of these guys on the field, and it's just so evident that Minka Fitzpatrick is just a phenomenal athlete. I mean, all these guys obviously are, but what he brings to the table, I mean, is just it's it's really just a pleasure to watch, and I think eventually someday we're going to see him on Sundays, and um, I mean that's pretty much the case, right? I think I mean, next year we're going to yeah. see him on Sundays. Exactly. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. you should just see him out there. It's fantastic. We have some small video of him. Hopefully, we can get up more and. Talking to him earlier, Tony asked the question, uh, what was the conversation like when you moved from safety to corner, and what did he say? He said, well, there wasn't a conversation, <laughs> which, which is to be expected. He said he, he was in the film room, and there was a 2-9 next to, uh, or slotted in that cornerback on the, he actually made the mistake and called it he a did, depth he chart. Did, he uh, did, And then he corrected it. himself sure. and called it a rep chart. Sure. But, um, yeah, he, he he said he likes it there. He said mm-hmm. that's where he came to play. That's where he came, where he came to Alabama to play. Um, that's definitely the position I'll probably play at the NFL. We, we asked him that, and that's the answer he gave. He, he kind of sees himself as a cornerback. So it's good for him to get back at that position because I think he's gone after this year. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, anything to touch on with the special teams game? I mean, I don't think we've... We I don't mean, usually get to see special we teams. So it's, see it's special teams. Yeah, I, I think some of y'all have asked how, how the kicking game is going. They're always gone before we're there. Uh, same with punting. There's been um, a... Um, there's been a haircut though, right? Yes, J.K. Scott's got the crew cut. He cut off the, you know, l- last year, uh, last season. I wrote a story about how his sister came and braided his hair uh, prior to the Peach Bowl. Uh, now there's nothing to braid. He's got the, he's gotten the straight down to business crew cut uh, look going on. So yeah. Well, my name is Kyle Henderson at BamaInsider.com. This is Tony Sakalis. Um, you know, we're wrapping live from our indoor studio, right? And yeah. uh, you can catch all our coverage and especially Tony's great work back on BamaInsider.com. We have some great stuff coming for you. We also got the BamaInsider.com podcast, which we can drop. And you can also find that on iTunes and Google Play. Um, until next time, we'll see you next Tuesday. We got Saban next week. And um, I mean, more pretty players, much yeah, yeah, more players. And uh, yeah. catch all our coverage back at BamaInsider.com. Thank you for listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast. Remember, you can download any of our shows by clicking subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at Twitter backslash Bama Insider. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Bama Insider. And of course, all your content will be back on BamaInsider.com, Alabama's number one source for football and recruiting coverage within the Rivals.com network. My name is Kyle Henderson. Until next time, catch up with you soon.